You're listening to the Royal Flying Doctor Service podcast for the Queensland section. This episode is brought to you by the Small Talk Big Difference campaign. It's been a stressful time for so many of us over the last few months and living remotely can really add to that. Knowing what your stress threshold is and how to manage it is crucial to being productive at home and at work. One of the methods that is hugely successful is relaxation. I know, I know, it might seem difficult to do when you're completely stressed out to think about relaxing, but that's where Sharon Bunn from the Royal Flying Doctor Service can help. She's a senior mental health clinician and specialises in relaxation and meditation. Sharon, thanks for joining us. People might be thinking, if I'm completely stressed out, the last thing I feel like doing is relaxing. First of all, why is relaxing so important? Relaxation is actually a process that decreases the effects of stress on your mind and your body. Um, Stress is something that is cumulative and often just during our day-to-day tasks, um, the things that we do in our life, daily hassles, bills, all sorts of things, looking after the kids, stress can just accumulate. And if you think of a bucket or a container, that's our stress threshold. And we all have different types of thresholds, some bigger than others. But if you imagine water-like stress, and every time we encounter a, a responsibility, a demand, something like that, our stress adds up. It's like pouring water into the bucket. And if you imagine if you continuously pour water into a bucket or a container and you're not releasing any, eventually it will overflow. And that's what can happen to us sometimes. It's like we keep taking on too much, too much, and we're not having any active process of releasing this stress or using our analogy of tipping some water out of the bucket. And then what can happen is we, we start feeling tension. We can feel it within our bodies. We can feel it within our shoulders, within our muscles. We can also feel it psychologically. So we might find that we're getting easily irritated, we might be apprehensive. Our anxiety might be increasing. So this is, I guess, the effects of tension accumulating in our bodies and minds. Okay? So if we don't do anything to actually release some of that, we, we might start, I guess, finding it difficult to even recognize that we're tense. And... If you think about driving a car, it's almost like if you were driving your car with your foot on the accelerator for a long period of time, eventually it would have an impact. And that's kind of what we're doing to ourselves when we're continually operating under, like, with a lot of stress and tension within our minds and bodies without releasing it. So when people are stressed, though, Thinking about relaxing is sometimes a, a hard thing to wrap your head around. Do you find that when you're um, dealing with patients? When you say relaxing is a good method and they're like, but I can't relax, how do I relax? So what are some of the first steps that people can take? Well, I guess relaxation is actually about practice. And with relaxation, again, it is an active process. It's not a passive process like perhaps sitting watching TV and, and not contributing anything. It's not a difficult process, but you actually have to participate in that. 
Because what the process is actually doing, it's bringing awareness to your body and you're actually trying to induce a sense of calmness. So when we spoke earlier about stress and feeling tension within your body, what we're actually trying to do by using a process of relaxation is to actually create and induce a sense of calmness within our mind and body. Now, many of us lead really busy lives and, and honestly, we might feel like, you know, look, I just don't have time to sit down and relax or I'm too tense to relax or, you know, I feel guilty. But again, it's actually something that we we do for ourselves to keep ourselves in balance, to keep ourselves running you know, as best we can. The same way we might look after our car, we'd take it to the mechanic, we'd give it a tune-up, that type of thing. Is relaxing meditation or what other forms can it take? Can I um, go for a jog and that's considered relaxing for some people or is it just one particular sort of method? No, well, I guess re- relaxing, again, it's the process of inducing a feeling of calmness. So there is then different methods of relaxation. Um, there's meditation, massage, yoga, tai chi, mindfulness, which is a good one. That's paying attention to the present moment and not getting lost in thoughts, not getting caught up in worries about the future or dwelling in the past. Um, but to answer your question about jogging, if that does produce a sense of calmness and presence, then that is actually a good form of relaxation. Because often people, they can start, it's about, I guess, letting go of that attachment to that compulsive thinking. And if you can achieve that through jogging, that's great. That, that would be considered relaxation. You talked about mindfulness. How um, often when I try mindfulness, I you know, it, it, it's hard to clear the mind. What sort of um, techniques can you give us about clearing the mind? The, the first thing is it's really important to let go of any judgment. This is where sometimes people get caught up because mindfulness is a practice and our minds are often very busy. And when people think, okay, I want to learn to be still and present, it'll take a while to get used to it. And sometimes people, they'll get a thought pop into their head and then they'll get very frustrated. Then the next thing they're doing is they're thinking about their frustrations and and that's then starting to, to come into their mind. So what it is, it's first of all, it's preparing yourself that, look, it's natural to have a thought pop into your mind. It happens to all of us. But don't elaborate on that thought. Don't get into the story of it. So if a thought pops into your mind, you know, oh, I've got a meeting coming up, don't start building a story around it. Don't start thinking, okay, what am I going to say at this meeting? What am I going to wear? That type of thing. So it's, it's more about the practice is as soon as you notice that you're thinking about a thought, that you're getting involved with the story, that you're elaborating on an idea, just gently release it. Let it go and then refocus back onto your breathing. How long should we practice mindfulness? Because it is a skill, it's important to build up. I, I think if you're not used to it, you you try to, let's say, spend 45 minutes practicing mindfulness, you, you might start feeling that, oh, I can't do this and then that might put you off practicing. So I think you can build up to it, perhaps, start 
five, ten minutes. And you can actually do mindfulness. You don't have to be sitting at home um, in a room or anything like that. You can do all sorts of mindfulness. Um, one example is walking mindfulness, where you could be just walking outside and it, it's about just noticing everything. So it's noticing the gardens, noticing the leaves, noticing stones on the ground. And what you're doing is you're just observing and through that observation, you're focusing your mind on the present so that you're not drifting off into dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. There are some wonderful um, apps out there too, aren't there, Sharon, that can help people in this process? Yeah, yep. And um, I would recommend even looking at Head to Health. They have such a wonderful variety of different apps that you can use for this type of thing. Or you can even just Google. If you Google mindfulness and just, I, I suggest to people just try a few things out. Um, you might find a guided meditation there that you like and, and it could just be something about the person who's delivering the meditation that that you like and you find soothing. So that would be the one for you. But I think definitely, um, even if you just Google and try try things out, that's the best way to do it. So we don't have to do it at home. We can We can do it while we're walking. Can people do it when they're in the tractor? I mean, how active can you be when practicing mindfulness? Um, look, I, I think if you were in a tractor, it, it is important to really be present and be paying attention to, to what you're doing anyway. So there are certain activities that almost force us to be present and um, it can actually be quite dangerous if we're not present. So I, I guess you probably wouldn't want to be um, distracted by looking at the, you know, focusing on the scenery, doing that sort of mindfulness when you're out the tractor. But just walking around is is a, a good start, especially to start noticing where is your mind at? Are you actually paying attention? Because it, it can actually be quite surprising when, when you think that um, you're, you're tending to your task, you actually might be on autopilot and your, your thinking might be consumed about your worries, about finances, you know, about all sorts of things. How does mindfulness help us with our stressful lives, though? It's all, I guess, well and good to take five minutes or half an hour out of our day, but, but what does research tell us about how this impacts on our stress levels? It's learning the technique to, to be aware of your thinking and then be able to refocus. The, with our stress levels, I guess what, what can happen sometimes is we just get caught up in this worry mind where things are bothering us, where we might be anxious or worried about something and we keep churning it over in our minds and then by doing that we're actually not in the present moment and we're not actually able to solve the problem that that's got us consumed with our worry because it hasn't happened yet. So with mindfulness, it's about becoming confident, increasing their skills of confidence that you will be able to handle difficult situations, to have more confidence and I guess feeling more capable of dealing with distressing emotions or thoughts when they come along because you've, you've learned to detach from them. 
So it's a really important skill that we need to develop in order to be able to cope with our stressful lives. Uh, a lot of us are so busy all the time. How do you justify to some of your patients that the time required for this? When people go, I'm just so busy, I don't know how I'm going to find the time. Yeah, and I think um, when, when we are very busy, even if we can do something, you know, for as little as 15 minutes, and that just might be about getting up 15 minutes earlier or, you know, moving our daily schedule up 15, 15 minutes earlier so we can slot it in, um, you know, before we have a shower or just after we have a shower or after we have breakfast, before we, we head out for the day, that type of thing. Because even 15 minutes, if you can incorporate that, if growing evidence suggests that even that little amount of time can provide positive effects. And do you have to do it every day or can you say, I'm going to do 15 minutes three times a week? How, how regular does it have to be? Look, it's just in, in talking to um, clients who have been able to practice it regularly, I guess that they... The reports I get back and the feedback I get I get back is that when it is a daily thing, they they notice a, an improvement in their mood and a reduction in their stress over time. Um, often people who give me that sort of feedback will do things like they'll incorporate a mindfulness before they go to bed. So they're going to bed, they've set their bed routine and or their sleep routine and they'll practice say a mindfulness meditation and that just helps to clear the mind and and just off to sleep in a, in a positive calm relaxed sort of way so I guess things like that that that's fairly easy to do and that's just about getting into a habit of you know going to bed at a certain time or getting up a little bit earlier to incorporate just a little bit of the daily meditation or mindfulness. So we've talked about mindfulness and meditation. What are some other relaxation strategies or techniques that you think or that are popular and work well with people? Yeah, uh, yoga and tai chi, um, they're great. There there are things like um, using visual imagery and body awareness. So that could just be by being still, um, picturing a tranquil scene while focusing on your breath. So that's just breath awareness and, and all, all this type of thing is doing is just quietening the mind and inducing that feeling of calmness, as we were saying earlier. So anything that does that um, could even be fishing, something recreational. Knitting is actually quite a mindful activity if you're just concentrating on that. Um, yeah, sport, art and craft, all those types of things. Um, another good one is progressive muscle relaxation and that's the process of tensing your muscles so that you learn to recognise tension and then release them. So then you're getting to recognise that contrasting feeling of a relaxed muscle as opposed to a tense muscle. And obviously tension is something that we feel when we're feeling stressed. Yeah. And, and the thing about the tension is if we continue to just keep pushing on with our daily lives, tension builds up and sometimes it can get to the point where we have trouble recognising that we're carrying so much tension in our body. I mean, it might be things like if you carry tension in your jaw and you clench your, your jaw, it might be that it's not until you have a painful jaw that you're rec recognising that there's so much tension there. 
So what sort of muscles can people focus on with that relaxation? What, what, what sort of things do you suggest? Okay, with progressive muscle relaxation, it, it's about um, just focusing on going through the different parts of the body. So it'd be clenching your foot, your toes, and then releasing um, your calf up to your knees, thighs, buttocks. And you go all the way up and even right up to your face where you, you're clenching your face, you're holding that and then releasing. So the idea behind it is not to tense any part of your body until you're feeling pain. It's just a t- getting that tightness so that you recognise this is, this is tension and this is relaxation. What sort of differences in people's lives have you seen from the patients that you've worked with who've used these strategies? Has it really helped them go on to lead a happier and healthier life? Yeah, I, I would say that. So some of the, the things that have been reported back to me is just that increased confidence and in the ability to cope with things. Um, sometimes when people are feeling very stressed, they, they get very overwhelmed very easily. And it's just when they encounter another stress or another um, situation, like another curveball in life, they feel like they've been really thrown. Where when people have been doing this, they well they re- report back that um, they feel that they can cope a lot better. They've got it's almost like they've got a toolkit to go to to use. And as well as that, often the feedback I get is people feel a general improvement in mood. Sharon, for those people who are out there feeling really stressed and thinking that um, some of these strategies might work for them but they need some guidance, what's the best way that they can reach out? You can contact us at the RSBS, um, the Outback Mental Health Team, and we can give you a call and we can maybe have a bit of a chat about um, what we can do to help assist and guide them through this process. If people are nervous about making that first phone call, uh, are there any other ways that they can reach out? Sometimes people are a little bit nervous about reaching out for mental health support. So sometimes it's about having a chat with your GP and they can put you on to someone that they would that might be helpful for you. And for more information on what we've been discussing, it's part of the Small Talk Big Difference campaign, proudly funded by the Commonwealth and the Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangement. For more details on this podcast, go to smalltalkbigdifference.com.au and don't forget to leave a review and subscribe if you'd like to hear more.